0: So, this is what we're going to try. We're gonna try to sit first, and then I'm going to talk. We're gonna take a comfortable seat. And we're gonna let ourselves be spacious and gracious with ourselves. Let your back be as straight as it comfortably can be. And give yourself this feeling of welcome. And let your eyes close. If you don't feel comfortable with closed eyes, then just let them be averted. But it's best if you can to lay your eyes close. And bring the attention to the body. Without thinking about it, just let the attention come to rest on sensation. And notice if there are any tensions in the body that you feel you can relax easily. Without thinking about it. And Notice what it's like to let yourself feel as if you're growing deep, deep roots. I listened to a historian this week who explained grass roots comes from the grass in the prairie where the wind whips through, where the weather is wild and changeable, so the grass grows deep, deep roots. Let yourself feel the body as you feel it today. Noticing that bringing kind attention to the body begins to soften it, relax it. Notice that you can bring the attention to the breathing, not, not changing your breathing, but just notice the body breathing itself. And allow yourself to feel a soft attitude, a kind attitude towards this body that is breathing. It's breathing you, sustaining you. And see that when the attention goes into thinking, you can gently come back again to the sensation of sitting here in a body that breathes all by itself. grateful for this body that has brought you so far and then We bring the attention to the center of the chest, to the heart. Again, without thinking about the heart in any anatomical sense or any metaphorical sense, just feeling the center of the chest. a heart that sustains you, that carries so much feeling. And you may not feel anything, it may be very still, but we make space for the heart, meeting it with spacious awareness, the center of feeling. and then moving up to the head, to the brain. The center of thinking, picturing, planning, reacting. Meeting it with an attention that doesn't judge. A spacious awareness. That all this thinking and planning and reacting and picturing is meant to protect us, to defend us, to care for us. Meeting it with kindness, allowing it to settle, with an attitude of gratitude for all it does and has done to protect and defend and plan, allowing it to have ease a little bit, to settle down. and allow ourselves to notice that there's an attention here, a presence that meets every part of ourselves, body, heart, and mind, that sees without judging with a curiosity that's kind. Allowing ourselves to notice that there's an attention here that can be present with thinking and feeling and sensing. And with the whole of ourselves. And notice that when you get drifting into thinking, you can gently come back again to sensation, taking root in the body. Noticing that this intention to return opens us to a presence that's greater than any one part that sees and receives the whole of what we are. Noticing that through some alchemy the return to sensation, to what's present, opens us to a presence that's greater than the body and the heart and the mind. That sees, receives without judging. notice that the stillness that's present isn't apart from you. It's an aspect of you. yourself to see that this attention is innately kind. Accepting. Willing to be present to everything that's happening. And notice that no matter what is going on inside you, obsessions or fear or anger or sadness, this presence, this attention is also here. Seeing without judging, with a curiosity that's kind, Allowing yourself to rest in the stillness. This presence that's also you. that you can come back to this presence anytime, allowing it to steady the heart and calm the mind and allow you to take root in your life. when you come home, when you're here this way, you feel less alone. Accompanied by an attention that's greater than anyone. Letting everything happen to you, everything changing, seeing that there's an attention here that's constant. So
1: there's a Zen,
0: a koan, a riddle. Uh, where do you go from the top of an 800-feet pole? I'm not quite sure of the footage, but it's tall. Where do you go when you're at the end of your rope? Into presence. I didn't mean to give away the punchline to the koan, and there may be other answers but in these conditions that we find ourselves. We have a rare opportunity to turn towards attention, awareness, presence, and to really begin to discover for ourselves It's power to settle and unite us. And to begin to see that this isn't a practice just for good times, just for special conditions, when everything's okay, but just the opposite, when everything seems to be falling apart. We can open to receive another kind of attention that begins to guide us. And this past week, um, a, a friend of mine uh, shared something he wrote um, to be offered as a toast. For There was a big celebration of the life of George Gurdjieff, who a number of you here are interested in. And what touched me about this short toast, this dedication that my friend wrote, is that he said that practice, I use the word practice, is a call to responsibility that we're never intended to just go away from life, to absent ourselves. And Gurdjieff said we're responsible for every breathing thing. You know, and I can see some of you kind of pulling back from that, just when the stress didn't seem to be any greater. How am I going to be responsible for every breathing thing? Because the other suggestion is that this inner practice that we do, this turning towards attention, towards a feeling of presence is the work, the literal work of becoming responsible. In the root sense, of I'm leaving Roger's toast now, of being responsive. When we're more present, we're more responsive. And how do we know that? We can we start with ourselves. When I have a moment of greater presence, I can take a feeling of panic or fury acting out in the most extravagantly toddler-like way. And I can begin to see it in a way that reveals what's under it, the root of it. Mindfulness with curiosity can lead me to the root of my suffering. If I sit with anger long enough, I begin to see that it's grief. And so on. As I begin To be able to welcome myself in all my flawed humanity, I begin to be able to practice this compassionate attention with others, with what I witness. I begin to be a different kind of force in the world, at least for a moment. Let me leave you with that. This is a practice of moments, a moment of willingness to turn towards myself without judgment, or criticism or a hurry to push it away or fix it is a moment when I can begin to see a truth that was always there. And this this thing called awakening or enlightenment to a large extent is noticing what's always been here to be seen. Only I didn't see it. One of my friends here wrote me this week that he knows that the solitary heart can feel the pain and suffering of the world beyond our solitary state. That is an extraordinary clue That we're not limited in the way we think. That we, that things, even as things seem to be falling apart, we might actually be opening to a bigger truth. Shifting as individuals and even as a whole culture from a cult of the individual and individual perfection. The self towards something that's open to feeling and hearing and sensing and relating to the suffering of others, including ourselves. A new life. And it starts by sitting down and turning our attention to what's here, body, heart, and mind. Noticing that there's something more here. Seeing and feeling. So thank you. Thank you for listening to me and for your practice, because I really needed it today. And thank you for joining me. And if you have questions or observations about the practice, I welcome them. We all welcome them. And when we speak, if someone wishes to speak, we'll just let them speak without comment. I mean, I'll probably inevitably jump in at some point.
2: I'd just like to say that uh, I, I really feel this the whole past year's craziness has been a gift because I, I can see myself in a way that I didn't before this, Uh, I have as much, I can see I have as much anger and negativity as the rioters. And I always sort of thought, well, I'm a nice guy, you know, I I have good wishes for people, yada, yada. Uh, But it's really not true. You know, I'm as much in the swamp as anyone, and it's really obvious now, and so I can work at it. Uh, I couldn't work at it before because I believed that I was free or whatever. Uh, So I really feel that, you know, it's uh, like you're saying, it's uh, difficult conditions are the best the best for work, the most productive.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are. And it's an opportunity to, I would just say, about uh, working with them. There's something extraordinary right now about allowing them to be present and seeing what's under that fury because there's such a temptation um, and I've heard from other people in this space to um, to try to do something about their anger or their fury. You know, as if there's something to quick, we must do something about this. And there's something, it sounds subversive, but about Letting ourselves get curious.
1: Um, And when you talk about this, the state of anger, I'm just amazed with uh, how much, how much time, how easy it is to fall into anger. It seems to be the human condition. And, you know, I I see myself as somebody who tries to practice what we call mindfulness and all these things and I'm beginning to see that perhaps seeing anger as grief is a way out. It's a way out in the fact that um, when I see anger in myself, um, I can't. first of all, I can't identify, I, I get so caught up in it that I can't see anything. But if I take a step back, that anger does go away and I do see it as grief. And perhaps in others, what takes place is that when I see the anger in them, Obviously, it must be the, the same something similar, but the same kind of frustration in the fact that things haven't gone their way. And in that way, perhaps compassion can come out of that. And this is a way out to transcend what I'm so consumed about. Even in this meditation, I felt anger creeping in. It just it's so easy for anger to happen. And I don't think I'm alone in that.
0: It's true, but I would just caution you against. There's such a strong tendency in us to want to not feel uncomfortable emotions, and to um, to fix to fix things, to resolve them. And this is a practice of allowing us to begin to see that. We're more than our uncomfortable emotions. I had this teacher, Gallup Rinpoche, who would call certain emotions addictive emotions and things like jealousy and a desire for revenge and anger. And we all know what that feels like, you know, to we, we go to them with this kind of dark, obsessive, um, I don't know what to call it. It's not delight, but we go for it. And, and then to see just for a moment, often it's when we just feel exhausted. We're exhausted from our anger. We see that we're more. We see that there's also this other attention, this other awareness, that's present. And it's a practice that slowly shifts the way we experience our lives from the objects and by objects all of our feelings and emotions, addictive emotions and pleasures and thoughts to shift from all that stuff to this Attention that bears witness to begin to see that this is also who we are. So we're not just fixing a self, we're opening to give ourselves to life, to serve. And for a long, long time, I thought I had to perfect myself, and then I could serve. But that's not so. Because in a moment when I am a complete wreck, In my opinion, this other awareness or presence can descend and appear. And a compassion appears. And a willingness appears. That could not have been there if I hadn't been such a mess. And Thomas Merton also said towards the end of his life that he was beginning to see that his highest ambition was to be what he already was. And we're constantly trying to transcend ourselves or surpass ourselves. And he said it was only by accepting himself completely Fear negativity, fear that he could genuinely surpass himself because that was being with the presence that sees. That just accepts our complete, the whole hot mess that we are. our cold mass. We can have moments of grace, so to speak. And think in your life, think about times when you've really had trouble or pain or suffering. Who did you seek out? Who did you want to sit with? Was it somebody perfect? Or was it somebody who'd been through a lot? Somebody you could sit with and feel accepted and seen and accepted without judgment. And those times, those instincts can show you a lot about what you already know. Because the extraordinary thing about this attention is that it's innately accepting, innately compassionate, innately wise. So, as we go forward into this week, we can be reassured that we have the company of each other and this practice and this presence. And tomorrow is Martin Luther King um, Day. And I just want, I didn't want to tell the same old story I tell every year, so I didn't. But I do want to um, just repeat one line that Andrew Young told me about Martin Luther King. He said that Martin knew the truth was with him. He knew that. And to be open to a presence is to know that there's a truth that's with you. It's not a truth that can be thought or put into words. It's opening to the truth of life, to wholeness. to compassion and responsibility. And when we turn in that direction, we can't get swept away. We can't. We'll turn, you start to get swept, turn back, get swept, turn back, practice some moments. So, for the last three minutes, why don't we sit together and um, dedicate our practice? Because we don't practice just for ourselves. We really don't. Even if you think you do, you can't help but help, but touch, but be a refuge and influence when you work in this way. So allowing yourself to come back again to the body, taking deep root, grassroots movement, coming back, and opening to our whole experience, heart, Mind, everything that's going through us. We notice this presence and we feel grateful. And we share it with the whole world, without exception, with everything that breathes, with the wish the wishes. May all beings everywhere with no exceptions be safe and free from harm and danger. May all beings everywhere without exception be as well as they can be given their conditions. May all beings everywhere in all worlds, be accompanied by love and compassion. May all beings, without exception, including ourselves, be free Thank you so much for your presence and your practice. I'm very, very grateful for you, for all of you.